Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, St. Louis Blues fall 3-2 in overtime in Game 1 to the Colorado Avalanche to fall into a 1-0 deficit in the series. Jordan Bennington put on a show, uh, setting a career high in saves, but it wasn't enough, and the Blues fell 3-2 in overtime. Didn't get a single shot on goal in that overtime. I'm going to be talking about what went wrong, how the Blues can make some changes heading into a pivotal Game two, make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today. Uh, I'm going to be recapping last night's game. Between the St. Louis Blues and Colorado Avalanche, like I said, look out for a crossover episode between Tommy uh, and Chris of Locked On Abs. It should be coming to you guys maybe tomorrow, but for now, I'm going to be doing a solo episode, um, getting this up in the afternoon so you guys have plenty of time to watch and react to it. Uh, that being said, though, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, we've been um, growing pretty fast there, getting a lot of views. Um, so if you want to, uh, if you don't want to miss out on our frequent uploads of pretty much five days a week, you know, it's pretty easy to miss one here and there if you're not subscribed. So make sure you do that. Um, and thanks, everyone, for making us your first listener, first watch, because we are free and available on all podcast platforms and, like I said, YouTube. So without further ado, um, man, tough game for the St. Louis Blues. Um, Going to be kind of a, a free-flowing episode. I don't necessarily have three definitive segments planned out. I'm just going to talk about my thoughts from the game. Um and there's, there's a lot to get into. I mean, fortunately, it's not all bad. Uh, there are definitely some positives that uh, I think we can take away from the game. And um, that first one being Jordan Bennington. I'm going to kind of break down the game uh, period by period here first uh, before getting into you know some more of the individual performances. But, I mean, first period started off very strong. Um, the Blues hung around with the Avalanche and actually got the first goal on the board uh, with Ryan O'Reilly, who again, I'll get into later, was one of, if not the only uh, blue skater that really showed up to play last night. Um, but O'Reilly gets his goal, uh, scoring in five straight games in the playoffs now, something that he also did in the Stanley Cup final. He has been absolutely on fire. Um, I talked about it a lot when I made him my pick for lockdown player of the game that I think he was going to have a tall task on both ends of the ice. And not only did he do a really good job of uh, shutting down Nathan McKinnon, he kept McKinnon off the score sheet, which is something that I think is is not going to happen very frequently in this series. But I mean, the fact that it happened last night in Game One is a very good sign. Um, O'Reilly did a great job there defensively. Uh, he also had a goal uh, for the Blues there, and and was like I said, one of their only strong players. I think he had four shots on goal, five shot attempts, which is I think as many uh, as the I think four. Shots on goal actually is as many shot attempts as the, the Tarasenko, uh, Buchnevich, Thomas line had. Again, I'll get into that a little bit later, but um, it's it, it was in, it was encouraging to see that out of O'Reilly to know that you know your captain is going to be the the leader and, and going to kind of set the tone of how the rest of the team should play because if the rest of the team plays like Ryan O'Reilly played last night, the Blues win. You know, obviously that's a tall task. They got outshot. Uh, they're lucky they didn't lose like 6-2 in regulation. Jordan Bennington absolutely stood on his head. But that being said, the Blues absolutely had a chance to steal a game last night on the road uh, in Game 1. Would have been a huge, huge story if the Blues were able to just get one bounce to go their way in overtime and steal 
game one in Colorado, a game that most people probably were expecting them to lose, you know, on the road, game one, tougher opponent. It makes sense, you know, it's, it's, I think I even said it in my solo episode yesterday that if they lost game one, it really wouldn't be the end of the world because again, the series doesn't start till you win one on the road. Um, And the Blues were so close to doing it last night. Jordan Bennington gave them every chance to do so last night, and they just they just couldn't couldn't return the favor for Bennington's excellent play. Um, I I worry that uh, Bennington's going to be asked to do that in every game of the series. However, just based on the way that the Blues played last night, and based on like the the lack of cohesive effort um, from anyone not named Ryan O'Reilly, makes me think that hopefully if they sort of right the ship and play a little bit better hockey. Uh, Bennington won't be tested as much, but if Bennington is able to maintain that level of play throughout the entirety of the series, the Blues have a real shot. Um, the fact that they got outplayed as badly as they did last night, and and you know, eleven of the twelve forwards didn't have a great game, and the defense didn't play great, and they gave up almost sixty shots, uh, and they lost in reg- or lost in overtime. They pushed that game to overtime, and you know. We're one odd man rush away from winning the game. It's encouraging, you know. It's a game that they very well should have lost, you know, long long before they did. Uh, they were able to push to overtime, and, and as much as they did get outplayed by the Colorado Avalanche, I also think the Blues played far in a way. They're one of their worst games of the playoffs um, last night, and that is including the the times where they sort of got blown out by the Minnesota Wild. I think just in terms of effort and and consistency. Um, and just just playing blues hockey, the old cliche. I, I really think the blues had had trouble with that last night and got away from their game and what makes them successful. Sort of got trapped in Colorado's north south speed game, and and like I said, they're lucky they didn't lose six two in regulation. But the fact that they didn't lose six two in regulation is encouraging because if they just fix a few of these issues, uh, they very well could be in the game. Now, in the second segment, I'm going to be highlighting some of those issues. I'm going to be talking about the Tarasenko line and um that uh, their lack of appearance in the playoffs pretty much altogether. Um, and then I'm also going to be talking about the area that honestly killed the Blues the most last night, and that is face-offs. So I'm going to be getting into both of those subjects before. You know, third segment, going to be trying to talk about the positives um, and what the Blues can take from this game and actually, you know, continue to build off of, because it's not all bad. But again, second segment, I am going to focus on some of the some of the stuff that went really wrong last night um, and then transition that into how they can fix that, how they can sort of right the ship, because it's far, the series is far from over. Uh, no need to panic just yet, but there were some definitely some some glaring issues that I want to talk about in the second segment. So before I get into that, speaking of glaring issues, if you're having some glaring issues with your car, you got to check out Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts to their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. When you have access to computers, or when you have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you could need: brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And I'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. 
All right, so kind of been beating around the bush a little bit um, in the first segment. The Blues struggled last night. The Blues struggled big time, um, and it led to them getting outplayed by an Avalanche team that really seems like they were doing whatever they want in the offensive zone. Um, Binnington stood on his head and made it really difficult for them to get you know secondary scoring chances and goals. Um, but that being said, you know I think overtime was a perfect reflection of how like the second and third periods of that game went. Blues just couldn't get anything going. I think the final shots in overtime were like. 13 to 0 in favor of Colorado and I don't even know what the zone time was but it felt like every time the Blues got the puck whether it be in their defensive zone or in the neutral zone um, they could string together at most one pass before they made some sort of panicked dump in or or you know tried to throw another pass that got picked off it, it felt like like I don't think the Blues had the puck for more than 30 consecutive seconds at any point in that overtime um, they would get the puck you know, skate it over the red line, dump it in. Colorado would pick it up, break back into the zone, and put on pressure for a minute and a half. It just, it just felt like you know, it was gonna, it was inevitable. It, it felt like it, it reminded me of um, the Blues overtime against the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Final, where they just imposed their will and and didn't allow the Bruins to even cross center ice. It was. It was a masterful display from the Avalanche, but also a very frustrating display from the Blues. The fact that Jordan Bennington was playing so well and he made some amazing saves in overtime. They were just, it really felt like they were just one, you know, one push of sustained pressure away from winning that game. You know, Darcy Kemper hadn't seen a lot of shots. Um, he was looking a little shaky. You know, he, voice crack, wow. Kemper was definitely looking a little shaky. Um, I mean, the goals that Bennington allowed weren't great either, but. It's not like Kemper was standing on his head like Bennington was. It felt like he was a little bit more beatable than Bennington was in that game. Um, and like I said, it really felt like if the Blues just sort of flipped the switch and, and put on sustained pressure like the Avs did for a few minutes in overtime and, and you know got two or three prime scoring chances, one of them would have gone in. And the Blues, we'd be sitting here with a completely different mentality following game one. That being said, though, they couldn't get anything going in overtime. And I think... <laughs> No, I think I know one of the main reasons is faceoffs. It's incredible that um, I'm going to be sitting here dedicating a whole segment to something as simple as faceoffs. But they got killed in the faceoff dot last night. I don't have the number in front of me, but I think they were like 36% on the night, um, something like that. Ryan O'Reilly was the only player even close to 50%. I think he was at like 43%. I think it was like 12 for 25, something like that. Um, Robert Thomas won like less than 25% of his faceoffs or like a, a little more than 25%, but it was, it was really bad. Um, and that's, that's what really killed them in that overtime is every time, you know, Jordan Bennington would freeze the puck up to take momentum away from the Colorado Avalanche, the Blues couldn't buy a faceoff. I think two of their three goals, including the game winning goal was a faceoff in the offensive zone, uh, for the Avs that they won and then just kept it in the zone for a few minutes and scored, um, I think it was either their first or second goal as well was the same thing. Um, and like, obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's like, wow, you just win a faceoff in that moment and they don't score. You know, they, they don't have the ability to to continue shift after shift to hem you into your own zone. You win a faceoff, you can get set up. And it felt like the Blues couldn't buy one last night. Even Ryan O'Reilly, like I said, won less than 50% of his faceoffs and he was the best player on the team um, in terms of faceoff percentage last night. So it's like, 
these little things, these little little things that you, you probably don't even think of in a playoff game can be so killer. Um, especially, you know, like I said, in that overtime, the Blues are getting hemmed in. They're tired. They just need a little bit of momentum, a little bit of pressure to go their way, and then who knows what will happen. They need to, you know, stop Colorado from building and building and building. Just win one face-off in the defensive zone, you know, and get a clean breakout, and there you go. You, you know, you got your first shot on net, and then the second one comes a lot easier, and they just couldn't do that. Um, it wasn't just the, the overtime period either. Like I said, they got absolutely shelled uh, the entire game on face-offs, and when you're losing a lot of face-offs, you're playing on your heels a lot more. You know, you're 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 trying to get possession back rather than starting with possession, and that, like I said, puts you on your heels, especially against a Colorado Avalanche team that if they win a face-off in the neutral zone or they win a face-off in their defensive zone. They're so good at the breakout and they're so good at um, breaking into the zone that, and they're so fast that, like, blink of an eye after losing a face-off, you got to be set up defensively. And I think that's part of the reason why Bennington faced so many shots is that Blues couldn't get a whole lot of sustained pressure going after that first period. And it starts with the face-offs. It starts with gaining possession. And, you know, if you lose a face-off, it gets your man quickly. Make it tough on them. The Blues didn't do a good job of that either. It felt like um, they were playing a little timid, a little a little scared. Like the second that they would lose a face-off or the second that they would give up possession, they would just sort of just scramble to get into defensive position. The forecheck wasn't as strong as it could have been. Um, and like I said, it really all just comes down to possessing the puck. Uh, and that sort of is a good transition into the other biggest uh, flaw that in the Blues game that I noticed last night and have been noticing, honestly, throughout the playoffs is the invisibility of the Vladimir Tarasenko, Pavel Buchnevich, and Robert Thomas line. Now, there was that one period where Vladimir Tarasenko had a hat trick and looked great, um, and that line looked great in that one period. But other than that, they've been invisible, a line that I was often calling the best line in hockey. Tommy and I were both saying that excuse me, at the end of the regular season. They just haven't had it in the playoffs. Um, they haven't been able to, you know, get sustained pressure, sustained momentum. Um, and it's been frustrating, you know. It felt like, it feels like what, what made what made them tick in the regular season, you know, kind of playing off of each other and, and playing as a three-man unit. They've gotten away from that in the playoffs, and they're trying to play a lot more one-on-one. Um, and as a result of that, they're just, they're just not not finding that magic that they had. You know, they're playing a little too a little too spread out, a little too far apart, uh, and, and not, you know, like I said, not playing off one of each other. They those three guys, what made them so successful is their 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 skills uh and their and their play style complement each other so so nicely. And it really feels like each one of them is trying to do their own thing. Not not play you know, Vladimir Tarasenko isn't trying to play off of Robert Thomas as much anymore. He's just trying to play Vladimir Tarasenko. And Robert Thomas isn't trying to play off of Buchnevich and Tarasenko. He's trying to play for himself. Uh, not, you know, not trying to accuse him of being selfish or whatever. It just feels like they're a little too in their own head um, and, and just getting away with what made them sec- successful in the regular season. That's just sort of keeping it simple uh, and, 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 you know, just, just sticking to the basics, making the, making the quick pass, making the right pass, uh, not trying to dangle through guys, not trying to, you know, fire a, a widely contested shot on goal. So, I mean, if that line can get back up to what we saw of them in the regular season, it's going to be it's gonna be a, a tough series for the Avalanche because we saw how well Ryan O'Reilly was able to shut out Nathan McKinnon's line. Um, and we also saw, you know, Jordan Cairo got himself a goal late as well. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, that's, like I said, that first and that third line are, are pretty good when you're stacking up against the Avalanche. But the Blues just need that little little extra push from that Tarasenko line to, I think, hopefully, you know, take them over the edge and, and bring them to that next level. 
Um, so that being said, you know, there I, I did did a lot of complaining in this segment, um, talking a lot about the negatives. But that being said, there were some positives. There were some good takeaways, I think, that the Blues can build off of. It wasn't all bad. It's not like they need to, you know, completely erase the erase the the whiteboard go back to the drawing board uh, i think that there's stuff that you can build off of i think that there were elements of the blues game last night that were encouraging um and that you know still give me confidence that this isn't just going to be a four game sweep for the abs uh, i know that that's it's the bare minimum is the blues winning one game but still i i think that there were some encouraging signs in last night's game uh that that lead me to believe that the blues can right the ship and, and can sort of get themselves back on track uh and i'm going to be talking about those in the third and final segment of today's episode before i get into that i want to tell you guys about one of built bar's newest products and those are birthday cake puffs i love birthday cake um specifically the frosting i'm a huge frosting guy but thing is i'll sit down and i'll like, eat a tub of frosting or not a tub of frosting but i'll eat some scoops of frosting and then i'll just immediately regret my decision for the next like four hours uh imagine getting that same delicious taste of that birthday cake and that frosting, opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what a birthday cake puff from Built is like. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I've never had anything like them before. Uh, They're available right now. Can't promise that they'll be there tomorrow even. So go get them today at Built.com. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, which is amazing. Uh, the, The birthday cake puffs are covered in white chocolate. And first of all, I just wanna say a Built puff is a protein infused marshmallow which is amazing. It's not just like your typical Bilt Bar. Uh, it's a marshmallow, and it tastes like birthday cake. Come on. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. So make every day your birthday. Go to Bilt.com to get birthday cake puffs now, and while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com to get 15% off your order. That's 15, uh, 15% promo code with LOCKED15. Again, you'll get 15% off at Bilt.com when you use code LOCKED15. And I'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right, all right, all right. So without further ado, let's finally talk about some positives um, because there were some. It wasn't all bad. And the first positive I want to talk about is Ryan O'Reilly. I spent a little bit of time in the first segment to talk about him, but I want to sort of give him his own little little half a segment here. Uh, other half is going to be for Jordan Bennington, but still, Ryan O'Reilly. Let's talk about him. Captain of your team, tone setter, and oh boy, did he set the tone last night. Uh, he might have been the only guy to set the tone um, and, and follow that tone because didn't really rub off on the rest of the team as much as he maybe would have hoped, but still... He had a really strong game, continues to have a really strong playoff performance. He scored a goal, scored the first goal of the game uh, to put the Blues up 1-0. And that was his fifth goal, or that was a a goal in five straight games for Ryan O'Reilly. He continued his goal-scoring streak, so in the last four games of the Minnesota series and now game one of the Colorado series, Ryan O'Reilly has a goal, which if you don't remember, uh, even though I know I mentioned this earlier in the episode, he did the exact same thing in the Stanley Cup final. He scored goals in five straight games against the Boston Bruins, which tied Wayne Gretzky's record. That's right. Ryan O'Reilly tied Wayne Gretzky's record for goals in consecutive games in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, He's proven time and time again that he's a different beast when the playoffs roll around, and last night was no different. Um, Not only did he get the Blues on the board uh, with their first goal, um, he scored or he had four shots on goal and five shots attempted, which going back to that Tarasenko line, they had four shots attempted 
zero on goal. The Vladimir Tarasenko line had four shots attempted, two shots blocked, and two shots that missed the net. So again, not to not to continue with the negatives, but I mean Ryan O'Reilly is is the Blues' best player right now, uh, and that clearly showed last night. Uh, he was able to generate the most offense by far out of anyone on the team. Uh, and it showed. And he also did an amazing job of shutting down that Nathan McKinnon line. Nathan McKinnon was held scoreless, zero points uh, on the night, which isn't going to happen a whole lot. And that's really hard to make happen. And you can thank Ryan O'Reilly for that. So if Ryan O'Reilly continues to play as well as he is, and you know the rest of the players sort of get out of the individualism, uh, playing for themselves mentality that I think they played into last night. And that's not the, not to say that the whole team was doing that, but I think just at times people were, uh, players were staring down at this, the puck a little too long or just, just like I said, playing within themselves a little too much. If, if they can kind of play off of that Ryan O'Reilly energy and that Ryan O'Reilly momentum um, led by him, the offense is going to be all right. Um, and I think that they can generate more scoring chances and more goals. The other On the other end of the ice, though, is Jordan Bennington, who had one of his best games in his career. I think he put up a career-high 51 saves last night, faced 54 shots. Both of those were career highs. Stood on his head, absolutely kept the Blues in the game, and gave them a chance to steal a game. And that's kind of what I said might be the key for this series, is whichever goalie gives their team more chances to steal a game might very well win the series. And Unfortunately for Jordan Bennington, and unfortunately for us Blues fans, um... He gave the Blues every chance to steal the game last night, and they didn't. And it's going to be a, a tall task to ask him to recreate that every single game. But hopefully, and, and what I think is he won't have to recreate that every single game. I think you know the Blues are going to show up a little bit better for him, are going to play a little bit better in front of him. Uh, and he's not going to have to face 50-plus shots every game. If he just plays you know 80% of last night's game, um, you know, lets in two or three goals a game and the offense plays a little bit better, the Blues have a very good shot of winning some games in this series. You know, they could have won last night. Jordan Bennington stood on his head. Uh, he's been playing spectacular hockey in the playoffs so far. It's not like last night was an, 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 was an anomaly. He was just playing like he'd been playing against Minnesota. It just happened to be against a much more potent offense in the Colorado Avalanche, so he was facing more shots. But he stopped, you know, I think his save percentage was pretty similar to what it had been in the in the rest of the playoffs. Obviously, you know, 51 saves on 54 shots. Save percentage could be a little bit higher than games when you're not facing as many shots. But still, um, he's playing just as well as he has all uh, playoffs so far. It's not like last night, you know, stood out and he's never going to return to that. Like, yeah, maybe he won't be making 50 saves every night. But still, he played well. He frustrated the Colorado Avalanche. He did the same thing to the Colorado Avalanche that he was doing to the Minnesota Wild and just making it difficult to score. And if he can do that again and the Blues offense gets a little bit more lucky even or just gets a little bit more cohesive, gets more shots on goal, wins more face-offs, who knows what could happen. Um, I I think I think it's too early to tell if the Blues are completely in over their heads in this series. Um there was a lot, obviously, to be concerned about after last night, but the thing is, a lot of those issues are are, are fixable. Um, whether it's like shuffling the lines to try to get Tarasenko and Buchnevich and Thomas going, or or just you know spending an entire practice working on faceoffs, there were some definite, definitive issues that the Blues can fix. Um, plus, some really strong positives that the Blues can build off of in their play with their goaltenders and, and in the offense that they did get. Plus, special teams was really good as well, um, as expected. So. There's, there's a recipe for success in this series. I'm looking forward to covering that with you guys throughout the rest of this series. Um, so that being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on or subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload, you know, like I said, five days a week, it's easy to miss one. 
you hit that notification bell, you'll be notified whenever a new episode comes out. Leave us a comment. Uh, try to interact with a lot of your comments. Uh, a little bit behind on that, but I'll, I'll get to it. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow my co-host Tommy on Twitter at twelcher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.